What's going on, Mark? Hey, Matt. We got a really special episode today. <laughs> yeah. So uh, after our griping on Twitter last, or uh, our gri- griping about Twitter last week, uh, Aaron Francis of Hammerstone uh, reached out to us and was like, "Man, Twitter's awesome. You guys suck. I'm coming on your podcast. And I'm going to defend Twitter." And Mark was like, "Game on!" Like, <laughs> and it turned out amazing. Aaron's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I, Incredible conversation. I know. I was thinking of that meme, you know, like, change my mind. Yeah. And he actually did change my mind. <laughs> Same. So here's the interview with him. Um, he drops some serious knowledge bombs. We cover a lot of different things. And we hope you enjoy. Yeah. Uh, so I think maybe a good place to start is, Aaron, why don't you introduce yourself? So I did a deep dive on you. Um, so, like, uh, I went through every corner of the internet I could. <laughs> And uh, aside from being prolific at Twitter, like, can you introduce yourself? For sure. Who? Yeah, I'm nervous to hear what you found. But yeah, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll introduce myself first. Uh, so my name is Aaron Francis. Um, I'm a software developer. I live in Dallas, Texas. Um, I do a lot of Laravel stuff. That's my primary, um, that's primarily where I hang. Um, I do have a full-time job. I work as a CTO, COO at a small property tax firm here in Texas. Um, but most of the interesting stuff I do is outside of work. Um, and that's a lot of, I do some open source stuff, um, which is what I'm going to be presenting on at Laracon next week is an open source package. And then me and two of my partners have been working on um, a paid package for Laravel and Rails for quite some time now. So that's kind of the high level. I'm here because I love Twitter. And last week, y'all were dogging Twitter and I couldn't... I I love the show. I listen to the show all the time. And so when I heard that, I didn't even finish the episode. I just got on Twitter and responded and was like, no, you have to have me on. We have to have this fight on the air. So that I don't know where we want to go, but that yeah. that's who I am and that's why I'm here. Cool. So, I mean, you're a prolific developer, first of all. Like, I really went through your timeline and the amount that you share and contribute to the community is really cool. So, like, Thanks. I think one of the things that struck me about going through your timeline and everything you've put out is... I think it's something that Mark and I definitely struggle with a lot is that feeling of authenticity mm-hmm. of coming across that like, no, I have something to share and I think it's awesome and I want to share it. And I think like the level of awesome, of authenticity that comes from you is like huge. I think it's yeah, so thanks. cool. I really do try to do that. So I'm glad to hear that that's what you saw. Yeah, it absolutely comes through. So like kudos. Thanks. Um, so I think you're, so yeah, again, like we were kind of dogging on Twitter uh, for a host of reasons, um, you know, to, to quote a few, I find Twitter draining. Um, mm-hmm. Does anyone like what I tweeted? I have to go check. I and I never come across, I never come across, I never come back from Twitter thinking, wow, that was fun. <laughs> um, yeah, that's exactly what I remember y'all saying. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, one thing, a, a big question I have for you is actually, what is your experience of Twitter? Like, how do you use Twitter? How do you choose to engage with Twitter? No. Yeah. So I've been on Twitter f- like since the beginning, since like 2008. And I've been, since then, I've been doing it all the same way up until about almost exactly one year ago. So around February, March of last year, I decided, okay, I'm going to start, I'm going to start I don't know if I would say taking it seriously, um, but I had a shift in, I had a mental shift on how I was going to treat Twitter. And the biggest shift, like I could boil it down to one single thing and it was, I'm not going to be afraid to share things anymore. Because for that whole time, like before I had that shift, that whole time I would be looking at other people sharing stuff and think, wow, that's really cool. I could do that. Like I I could totally do that. And in some cases I have done that. And the thing was, I, nobody knew because I wasn't sharing. I wasn't talking about things I had done. And the main reason was 100% fear. I was afraid 
people were going to think I was dumb or were going to make fun of me or look at me and say, you think that's cool? That's actually quite stupid. And like, those were real and legitimate fears. And I was basically just embarrassed because I was too proud of myself and I didn't want, like, I didn't want to get shot down. Yeah, And I think, so like February, March of last year, I had, I think 1200 followers Mm -hmm. and I decided, okay, I am tired of watching other people put stuff out there and not be afraid and me just sitting inside my house bitter that I'm not, you know, that my stuff isn't being shared. It's like, well, you're not sharing anything yourself. So mm-hmm. now I have like 5,000 and the the way that that happened was I just started talking about what I was doing. Like I legitimately just decided if you don't share stuff, you don't have a right to be frustrated when other people do and you see them grow and you don't grow. Mm. And that, I mean, that's some like heavy, deep emotional labor. It's not like use buffer and you'll grow your Twitter. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> stop being terrified of what people think. It's like, Oh, that's actually a little bit harder for me to do that. Um, but I will say that the, upside has been unlimited. So I think the the downside is um, you potentially embarrass yourself. Pretty small. The upside is unknown and I think unlimited um, because the number of people like, you know, everybody's like, oh, build an audience, build an audience. Like, yeah, sure, maybe. And I think to some extent I have done that, but to a more important extent, I've like made friends and like, it's more helpful for me to be able to talk to some of these people one-on-one and get like real good feedback from people in the community than it is to have say 10,000 people that are following me just because, and I never get to talk to them and they never talk to me and they're just like seeing my tweets. So that has kind of been my experience over the past year is I gave up being afraid and in return I got to make a lot of friends and then a lot of people have started following me. And so that's, that's kind of, and I have more specific like tactics, but that's kind of like the, that's the emotional theme of the past year on Twitter for me. That definitely resonates from going through your timeline. Like I kind of, I did a little bit of research and you're tweeting roughly, you know, in the last call it month, 30 plus times a day. And a lot of those tweets are. <laughs> oh no, that's a lot. We complete that. We complete that out. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome. um, but what I'm noticing is that a lot of the tweet, a lot of it is engaging with people who are engaging with you. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I think Aaron might find this interesting, or I'm going to tag him because this is this is relevant to what he does. And what a positive place Twitter must be <laughs> when you it's have amazing. Yes. Yeah. Because I think this, you know, leaning into that kind of, um, you know, when we talked a lot about last week about um, the mental, the mental energy, it, Twitter sucks because it's such a negative place. Mm-hmm. It seems like you just have a very different view of it because you've cultivated this group of people who care about what you do and frankly, like aren't assholes. <laughs> yes. Big <laughs> like, time. For sure. Yeah. yeah. And I've unfollowed, I've unfollowed all the people that drive me crazy. Um, Reasonable. And there are like, um, well, let's get spicy. So there are some, there are some people that you can tell are on the war path to Twitter growth, right? You can tell that they're trying to get followers at all costs and they'll do stuff like they'll, they'll tweet, um, hot takes that aren't really hot takes just to get people to engage, right? Sure. They're like, oh, wow, you know, is being a front-end developer, are you really a developer? Discuss below. And you're like, Mm. no, like, the only reason you're doing that is so that people will reply and Twitter will look at that tweet and say, wow, lots of people are replying. I should share that to more more feeds. Mm -hmm. And that kind of stuff just drives me crazy. And instead of, I think... um, So like instead of internalizing that negativity and then turning around and putting it back out on my timeline in the form of complaining about how people use Twitter, I just unfollow them. Mm. (laughs) And 
so I'm not like absorbing all of this negativity and then feeling like I need to put it back out and try to change Twitter. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to change Twitter. I'm not trying to get other people to tweet in a way that I find valuable. I just unfollow them. Mm -hmm. And so if there are, if there are people that are, um, tweeting memes all day, every day, I don't want to see that. Like, I don't want to see the same meme about how indie hackers need to be better at marketing. Like that is a very popular format where you tweet something that's kind of SAS related, but you make it a meme and you just tweet that over and over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And I've watched these accounts grow to five, 10, 15, 20,000 followers. Mm -hmm. And that's great for them. I don't know what their goal is. That's not my goal. My goal is not to get 20,000 people following me because I'm funny. Um, because that like, that's not interesting to me. I don't want people to follow me for memes because I'm not in the business of making memes. Sure. And so I just, I just unfollow those people. And sometimes I have to mute them because a lot of people interact with it and Twitter thinks it's still valuable for me to see. And I have to say, no, I really don't want to see this. And so I mute it. So my timeline is a positive place. So when I'm hearing y'all on the show talk about how frustrating and draining it is, I'm thinking, man, what a like what a different experience. So like what are you when you when you come to Twitter, either of you, when you come to Twitter, what are you seeing that's like such a beatdown? I mean, I'm I'm seeing exactly what you were describing where <laughs> you you know they're playing they're playing the game. Like they're just asking a question, but you but you know that they used buffer to ask the question. So yep. they're probably not even at their keyboard right now. Uh, or the, yeah, these philosophical like insights, you know, all of this wisdom, like, and you're like, but who, who are you to like, it, I, I also read this exact same quote in a book. So like, why are you tweeting it? Like, I'd yeah, rather exactly. see it from the author. Yeah. It's like, I just skimmed Wikipedia. Here are 15 takeaways that might be helpful for you. It's like, I don't care. <laughs> exactly. So, so you do still consume uh, the feed, right? Like, yeah. Like if, big you're, time. if you're muting people mm -hmm. and unfollowing people, it's because you actually want to see, you actually do consume it. Yeah. I am extremely basic. I do all of my tweeting and consuming from Twitter web app or Twitter for iPhone. So I'm like, I'm as basic as they come in terms of how I consume Twitter. So it's really like you, you tweet it when you have the idea or do you I like use zero scheduling tools, zero engagement tools. My, my, my trick or my hack is I'm always on Twitter. I mean, okay. so yeah. And I will like, I don't really, I don't look at the analytics and I don't look at, you know, what's the best time of day to tweet or whatever. I just, my, one of my things is I just tweet whenever I'm thinking about it and I just am trying to tweet more and more and more anytime I like come across something interesting or anytime I am working and I'm like, oh, this is kind of an interesting pattern. Let me like clean it up a little bit, throw it out and then get back to work. So yeah, it's very of the moment. So how much time does that take you? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know... It takes a lot. It takes a lot of time, frankly. Um, I'm not on any other kinds of social media, so I don't. I don't use Facebook. I don't have Instagram. I don't use Snapchat or TikTok or anything. And so, the sum total of my social time is probably similar to other people's. Mine just happens to be Twitter all the time, every time. And so, if I'm waiting for something to deploy, boom, I'm on Twitter. If I'm waiting for you know, if I'm waiting in line at Chick-fil-A on my phone, I'm I'm on Twitter. Okay. And so, you know, you have to decide, you know, for yourself if that's healthy or not. But it kind of depends on like, kind of depends on what you want. Like for me, I want to be on Twitter interacting with other people. And so for me, that's a, that's a fair trade-off um, because it like gives me energy. It gives me ideas like I see something and I'm like, oh, wow, that's a great idea. I wonder if that would apply differently in this case if I were to do that. And so for me, it's an energy, like it gives me energy. If it like beats y'all down, I can see why you would never want to be on it. 
Well, because I, I also that's why I haven't deleted my account. I still get value from it. I've I've met friends. I've I've, I've made friends through it, right? And and we're having this conversation now because of Twitter. Like it, mm-hmm. it's definitely uh, it's definitely uh, it's definitely positive. But the negative for me is the is my feed. So so now I know I just need to clean it up. Just get rid of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Mute them or unfollow. Uh, and the other thing is to, I guess this is just personal, but like, it's, it's always wanting to know, did someone like what I just posted? And yeah, you said that last week. So go like, tell me, tell me more about that. So what's the deal with that one? I catch, I try to not care about it. It's like, no, who cares if no one sees it? But then sometimes I get lots of likes on one of them. And then that makes me want, that makes me care about it. So mm-hmm. then when the next one doesn't get it. Then I feel devastated. Oh my yep. god! The that's how they get you. Me. Yeah, that is yeah. that's how Twitter gets you. By the way, that's it. I, I suspect that often that the algorithm is punishing me for not having tweeted in a few days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, just like I think, for me, I don't. I care less and less and less about numbers because. Um, I'm tweeting more and more. And so it really, like it 100%, not 100%, a big percentage of it is it's just a random, it's just a random algorithm. And you're not in control of who sees it. And so to tweet something and it not get a lot of likes, who who knows why that happened? And frankly, like it doesn't, I think the the disconnect is it doesn't say anything about the content and it doesn't say anything about you is the real thing. Like if you tweet something and nobody likes it, maybe Twitter didn't show it to anyone or maybe everyone saw it and didn't understand what it meant, but who cares? Like that doesn't mean you're an idiot. That was the disconnect. That was like the thing that I had to break is nobody else cares one one hundredth about myself as much as I care about myself. And so they'll see something on Twitter from me that's stupid and they'll just scroll by it. It's like, oh wow, I'm not I'm still alive. I'm not <laughs> I'm not <laughs> devastated. Like they just scrolled by it. Who cares? So I think that was part of it for me. Um Matt, what about what about you? I fall squarely into the fear camp. I'm going to post this and people are going to think it's stupid and therefore they're going to think I'm stupid Mm -hmm. and nothing I share has any value whatsoever. So I should just keep my mouth shut. And yeah. And it's, it's very funny actually. Like when you talk about unfollowing people and muting people, what I'm realizing is I'm, uh, I'm earning the experience that Twitter is giving me. I'm not investing in changing what I'm getting because I can change it by muting, blocking. You know, if there's something you don't like and you mute it, you're telling Twitter, like, I'm sure hopefully Twitter is listening to the things <laughs> I tell it, but <laughs> you're giving it a clear signal. I don't like that. And I don't, or I don't like this person or I don't like content like that. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's, I never, it never really occurred to me that like outside of like, you know, insults or whatever you see that you block, you can craft an experience for yourself by yeah. muting stuff that you don't like. Yeah, big time. I mute a lot of words um, that I have no interest in, except I leave it on for people I follow. So that mm. that comes back to like following people that you actually want to be hearing from. Yeah. Um, but I'll mute all kinds of words about topics that I don't care about mm. so that Twitter doesn't like surface them into my feed unless someone that I actually follow tweeted about it. And in that case, usually it's like a counter take on the thing that I don't like. And so I wanted to see the tweet in the first place, (laughs) you know? Mm. So I think crafting your, like crafting your feed is a little bit of, uh, it's like cultivating almost like you have to kind of constantly reassess, is this the kind of experience that I want? And if not, why am I doing this? Cause I can just change it. Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty important. Yeah, right away I'm realizing that I I have a belief that well, you know, there's two problems. One, I'm I'm still afraid to share myself on the internet, and that's actually something I've picked up on and I'm trying to break. I'm trying to just even if it's hey good job like thumbs up emoji, I'm just trying to share something every day to start breaking that habit. 
But at the same time, I think if I can create an experience, a more positive experience on Twitter in general, I think I'll, fingers crossed, I'll have a, uh, an easier time putting myself out there. Have you guys heard of um, the concept of luck surface area? Mm-hmm. So it was originally on TechZing, this podcast that's like a thousand years old, that they're still going. It's literally like a 10-year podcast. And it's basically like luck surface area is this made-up concept that the more things you do and like the more people you tell, like your surface area kind of expands and the more opportunities you have to get lucky. Right. And so that's kind of how I view, like, that's kind of how I view Twitter is I don't really know. And that's what I said earlier about the unbounded upside. I don't really know what's going on. Like, I don't know what's going to come my way because I'm on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Um, But the more that I am sharing what I'm up to, the more opportunities I have to get lucky. Right. Mm -hmm. So if we want to trace, if we want to trace Laracon backwards, we can go from Laracon back. I'm so I'm speaking at Laracon. That's what I'm talking about. Um, I'm speaking at Laracon on a open source project called Sidecar that I wrote. Before that, I spoke at an um, an event called Laravel Worldwide, which was just like an online meetup about that same package. The person that hosts Laravel Worldwide only found out about me backing up even further because of something that I had put out on Twitter, mm-hmm. right? And so we got connected because I had shared a couple things on Twitter and somebody had put me in touch with him and then he saw this package and saw that like I had been tweeting about it and was like, why don't you come on Laravel Worldwide and give a demo? I went on and then I applied to Laracon and was able to reference Laracon Worldwide or Laravel Worldwide and was like, look at this, basically look at this body of work that I have. I would like to speak at Laracon. And they're like, great, you can speak at Laracon. And so starting last year, I wouldn't have known you know, sharing and tweeting a bunch, eventually you're going to be a Laracon speaker, which is a big deal for me personally. Like that's a huge, Hell yeah. like I'm super excited about that. Yeah. And I just, that's not something I could have, I could have envisioned back then looking forward, but now looking back, it's easy to see, okay, working, you know, this working in public, whatever that means has led to a lot of good things that I couldn't have envisioned in the first place. And so that's kind of like the the luck surface area just expands and the more that you're putting yourself in the way of luck the more likely you are to get lucky so really you you're not like you said you don't look at the analytics you don't look at the numbers so you just do it and hope that it rewards you like Yep, basically. Yeah. So you want to talk strategies? Let's talk strategies. Yeah, I was, sure. I was, yeah. I was just about to ask. <laughs> okay. So <clears throat> strategy number one is you have to get over your emotional hangups. Great. Strategy yeah. number two. So it depends. Like, like I said, I'm not trying to make other people tweet things that I want to tweet. So for y'all and anyone listening, do whatever you want to do and go ye with God. Like I do what, do what you want to do. Here are things that like have worked for me and things that I generally think are um, good ideas, but you don't have to do them. So I have like a set of loose, I have a set of like loose guidelines and loose rules that I follow for Twitter. There there are three of them. Um, One of them is um, share what you're working on because everyone... I think everyone wants to be um, the person that is like doing cool stuff in public. But as we've discussed, it's very hard to do. And so anyone that is sharing what they're working on and doing a bunch of cool stuff in public, other people are going to look at that um, and kind of live vicariously through them, right? So when you see... Um, let's say Caleb Porzio, who's a guy in the Laravel ecosystem. When you see Caleb Porzio 
putting out all these cool libraries and doing these cool videos on Livewire, you kind of are like, that's that's why these ride-along podcasts, like the one that y'all do, that's why they're so interesting because people want to be doing stuff, but it's scary. And so they watch other people do it and they get a little bit of a hit, mm. right? So that's why we listen to 50 bootstrapper podcasts <laughs> because it's fun to listen to other people be in motion, right? And you kind of get like a little bit of secondhand uh, motion by like feeling like, oh, I'm listening to Ben and Derek talk about art of product and building their business. I'm kind of doing that too. And it's like, well, you're not, but you're like, you're part of the story, right? Yeah. So you're in motion already. Just start talking about it more and people are going to be like, oh, wow, that's really great. I want to follow along. So number one, share, like share the stuff that you're working on because people are going to glom onto it. Right. Um, number two is, and this is this is where it gets a little bit more controversial is I don't share hardly my my feed is very focused. My feed is very focused on Laravel, um things that Laravel developers might find interesting and let's say indie maker, bootstrapper, that kind of thing. So like if you were to take a distribution of my tweets, the big fat normal part right there in the middle is Laravel, Laravel adjacent, indie makers, etc. Things I don't tweet about is when somebody spells my name wrong at Starbucks. Like <laughs> that's fine. If you want like if that if you want to share that content, that's great. I don't share that content because the people that I want to connect with don't care about that content. Mm-hmm. And you know what I super don't share is when somebody in in like at American Airlines loses my bags. Like I don't go on Twitter to complain about petty customer service interactions. Hmm. You know, I come home and complain to my wife about that kind of stuff. I don't, I don't share it on Twitter just because I don't think other people will find it interesting. Hmm. And I want to share stuff that other people will find interesting and or valuable. Hmm. And so that is a rule for me is don't be negative because if I'm the guy on Twitter that's always tweeting about how intercom's pricing is too expensive and how this, you know, this customer service person let me down, it's like, wow, that Aaron guy, he's a real bummer to be around. And that kind of, I don't, I just don't want to be that. And I, I personally don't follow those kind of people. And so I'm kind of applying that rule in reverse. I don't want to be a bummer. Was that something that you realized and made the effort to do or is that something now in hindsight you realize that you are being the change that you want to see in your feed that was um a proactive decision so i would look one of those things about like um looking at what other people do and being super annoyed by it that was one of the things it was like bro i don't care that your bag didn't show up stop like stop trying to get the delta ceo to call you (laughs) Like, go to the baggage counter and find your bag. Like, I get it. People get frustrated and I get it. Mm. I don't want my Twitter feed to be that way. Um, so that was that was definitely a proactive, prospective decision. Um, and then the last rule is I just like to highlight when other people do cool stuff. Um, so, you know, I think... That's a great way. Um, I think that's a great way to make friends is when somebody does something cool, you tell them that the thing they did is very cool. Like, I'm never advocating being disingenuous or anything like that, but there are so many people doing so many cool things that, and I guarantee you, every one of them feels like the three of us where they're scared to share things, right? And so when they share something and somebody comes along and quote tweets it and says, wow, Matthew made this really cool thing. Y'all should go check it out. That you feel like a million bucks when somebody goes out of their way. Like a reply is great. A retweet is great. A quote tweet saying like Matthew made this really cool thing. I mean, you're walking on cloud nine because you're like, oh, cool. Like that feels really good. And so I'd I go out of my way to try to encourage other people in their building, especially it's so easy. Like, especially when somebody in the Laravel community makes something cool, it's like, Hey, my, you know, the people that follow me will like this. I think it's very cool. I'm really like, don't want to sound paternalistic, but like, I'm really proud of you. Like, I know, 
it's hard to do stuff. Like it's it is legitimately hard to put stuff out there and then have the trolls and the idiots be like, "Oh, you forgot a semicolon." It's like, <laughs> and so if I can come along and say, "This is dope. Way to go!" Like that's a great that is a good thing to add to the you know the Twitter community. And so the so my three rules are um, share what you're working on don't be negative and encourage other people. And that's kind of like, those are kind of my guidelines that kind of keep me in the middle of where I want to be. So tactics, what do we think? You've inspired me. I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready to go tweet now. <laughs> no, it's so true. Like I, the, you're, you're about the idea of like the, it doesn't take much energy to be like, no, this legitimately is cool. It's like when you tell somebody like, I really like your hair today. And they're just like, oh my God, this is yeah. amazing. And it took zero effort. And it's just, hey, I highlighted this thing that I liked. It's, it's the same thing. And you're right. Like, I'm imagining what it feels like to have somebody do that for me. And I'm like, I need to be telling everybody their hair is great. Like this is, yeah. it feels so good. Mm. Yeah. It makes Twitter a lot more fun to like, you actually are engaging with individuals instead of shouting into the void and hoping that people like your tweet. You're just like hanging out with your buds, you know? I mean, I think maybe that's something that I can really take away from this in that, like I'm not making Twitter much of a personal experience in that it, in how I'm treating it and in, in manicuring my feed, but also just how I engage with others. It's like treat. I need to be treating it more like individuals and friends that I can interact with and want to interact with. Yeah, I think so. I've got probably, you know, there, there's, I imagine concentric circles. Like there are, there's a very, very small inner circle of people that I talk to like one-on-one, -on -one, you know, kind of in telegram and like DMS and stuff. And then beyond that, there are people that I interact with publicly and we're very friendly and we're always like replying to each other's tweets and we're buds. And then beyond that, there's this whole circle of people that I never interact with, never interact with me, but still follow me. And I think the circles work their way out. Like I would start by like making some buds and start replying to some people and, you know, start encouraging some people and the outer circle will grow. But as the inner circle grows, more and more people will be like, oh, that guy, Mark. Yeah, I've seen him tweet some nice things to some people and he's always in the comments of this these kinds of threads and like yeah he seems to be smart enough i'll follow him and but i think a lot of people try to work their way from outward in and they're like i need to get a ton of followers it's like no just kind of focus on your people and making some buds yeah that makes that makes so much sense i mean we record this this podcast every week and yeah, for like an hour, we just ramble on about what we did all week and what we're thinking about doing next week. And that don't, everything could be a tweet in that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think in terms of like, I, I think you kind of have to train your brain to start seeing some of the stuff that you're doing as tweetable. Right. Right, Matt, you agree with that one? I'm just, preach. No, like, I uh, uh, that, I was just thinking, that's a tweet. No, because I, I, like, in my mind, uh, nothing I do is interesting. So I'm just exactly. like, oh, no, nothing is worth tweeting. But it, exactly. uh, clearly that's not true. Clearly it's that's not true. true. Exactly. So there's an article that was written, I don't know, 10 years ago. Article is a blog post. Um, there was a post that was written, like, 10 years ago. It was called Do Things, Tell People. And it was couldn't have been more than 300 words. Um, totally life-changing. So it's called Do Things, Tell People. Don't remember who wrote it. Came up on Hacker News like 10 years ago. Um, and the postulation there was the key to the keys to success are to do things and to tell people. Because if if you're not doing things, but you're, you're telling people that you're doing things, you're, you're a fraud, right? If you're doing things, but you're not telling anyone, nobody knows. Hmm. And I think in the, I think in the indie maker, software developer, programmer world, most people fall under do things and never tell anyone. Hmm. Right. And so it's, I don't know if it's easy, but it's simple 
because we're already doing things. Now there's the whole very real emotional side of like, people are going to think I'm an idiot, which is like something to, to interrogate. But imagine if you're not doing anything cool and then you have to like start doing things and telling people we've got the first one done. (laughs) Like we're doing things. We're in motion. We're like trying to make things happen. And who cares if like, who cares if everything is working? So there's a, there's like a fear or a false belief that you can only start tweeting once you've made it or like once the thing that you're working on reaches a certain MRR because otherwise like everyone's going to make fun of you. People want to be along for the journey. And like you said, Matt, the things like, you are doing interesting things are just not interesting to you because you're doing them. Mm. And why do you get to like, why do you get to be the judge on if it's interesting or not? Why can't you just say, Hey, here's what I was working on. Here's how I solved it. I thought you might, you guys might like this and maybe Mm. they do. And maybe they don't, who cares? You're going to tweet again in six hours anyway. So what's the point? Mm. So I think, I think, People get really in their own heads and they do all of this stuff and you kind of have to like, you kind of have to fake it. Like you have to, you have to pretend as if the things you're doing are interesting and in your head, like while you're doing uninteresting things, you're starting to see like, okay, I could pull out, I could, you know, erase all of that context and this one bit of code. I mean, that's some of what I tweet about is code. This one bit of code that could be interesting for a lot of use cases. I'm just going to tweet that and see what happens. And you like, you're already producing all the work. You're just not telling anyone, mm. <laughs> you know? And so if you can train your brain to see things as more tweetable, I feel like it gets a whole lot easier and the mental bar of tweeting goes way down because you have a dozen things that you could tweet. Um, and each one is less precious, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, like I was, uh, when I was going through your feed earlier, um, I saw your, I don't know PHP, but I you tweeted a, a, a macro mm-hmm. that you had created that you were pouring between projects. Mm-hmm. And I, I liked the replies, like, some of them of just being like, oh, I love this. This is really cool. Or like, oh, this exists over here or this. And it's just mm-hmm. like, you're like, I love the, I love your, how casual it is to just be like, hey, I had this thing and I think it's cool. Yep. Yeah, that was that's a good like that's a good um that's a good test case there because some of those replies were like, dude, this already exists in PHP. And my response was, Oh, I didn't know that. Hmm. Like, okay. So there's there's a function in PHP that's poorly named that if you pass the right parameters, you could get the thing that I was doing. Hmm. So technically, maybe I'm stupid, right? <laughs> but I like the way that I did it better. And my response to those people is not um, defensive. It's, oh, I didn't know that. Like, hmm, that's cool. I didn't know that. And somebody, I was in the replies of some thread the other day, and I was saying like, oh, I like um, fly.io wrote this article recently, and I, you know, I read it, and I, I didn't realize you could do that. And somebody responded and said like, this is called Read Your Rights. It was published in the 90s. <laughs> And I responded and said, well, I guess I'm one of today's lucky 10,000 because there's this XKCD article that's like, even if it's something that everyone should know, if you do the math, 10,000 people are hearing about it for the first time today. It's like, Mm. well, today I'm one of those people that didn't know that this is called Read Your Rights and it was published in the 90s. Like, I just found out (laughs) from this blog post that I just read and I thought it was cool. And you have to kind of like... That is a very real thing is some people are going to come and throw stones at you about how stupid they, how stupid you are. And that without making, without reading people's minds, that just is like, it's real. It almost makes me feel bad. It's like, dude, you don't have to prove that you're smart to me. Like, Mm. I, I don't know you. Like you are probably extremely smart. I don't know you. And so one thing that I don't do is I don't. When like I see code screenshots, I don't go in there and tell them what they could change because I don't want to go nitpick on somebody's moment, you know? Mm, So if I see something that's like, oh, I wouldn't have done it that way, you know where I don't tell them? In the replies to their tweet, (laughs) especially if I don't know them. So, yeah. 
So yeah, that's my one rule is never debate on social yeah, media. No, no. Why do you think I'm here? Because I didn't want to argue with you on Twitter about how great <laughs> <Right>. Twitter is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what are, what are we thinking? Do you guys like have I convinced you? What are the hangups and like? I I would also be curious because you said you scrolled through my feed and you found it very authentic. And is there something in there that you're seeing that um, you could emulate or that you're not doing that would make Twitter easier for you to engage with? Because I feel like it's very authentic. I don't put a lot of stress or pressure. I don't schedule things. I'm just like freaking tweeting all the time. And so as you're looking at it and it's coming through as authentic, which is good, is there something that you could like, oh, I could I could do this or I could do that or I could do it this way? What, what are y'all thinking? Yeah, so right away what I'm thinking is with a lot of the freelancing I've been doing, I was a Java developer for like a decade and then I started mm-hmm. learning Python and some of the frameworks there. And already I'm picking up just it's the um, what you learn by doing. Like, mm-hmm. oh, 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 there's a little like uh, what an interesting learning opportunity for how Django REST framework does this. It's like that is a moment where you can be like, oh, this is actually cool. And they don't talk about they don't highlight it in the documentation. So mm-hmm. it's like, oh, actually, you can have this approach. And it's literally like the kind of thing you have here. Like it's a block of code and you can literally just that's extremely shareable. Big time. Love that. So yeah, like I have, especially because I'm learning and, and writing so much Python code, I'm learning and then learning why something is bad and then learning what, uh, the good, yeah. what the good way to do it is. And I'm realizing like, I don't care if like the, if the language creators see that and they're like, well, of course. Mm. It's like, yeah, because there's one of you that knows that. Like, turns out this is extremely shareable. People would really yes. dig this. A hundred percent. If you are in the position right now of learning something new, you are in a wonderful and enviable position to be coming across fresh new content all the time to be tweeting. Mm. Because if you imagine that expertise is pyramid shaped, most of the people are at the bottom. Mm. And that's just how it is. There are fewer experts than there are middle and fewer people in the middle than there are noobs. And so as you're learning, so as especially as an experienced developer in something else, learning something new, you're in a prime spot to be sharing like cool, interesting stuff because you have like expertise, but it's not in this language. So you get to look at this language and compare it to that one or like learn techniques in this one. Yeah, you're you're golden. Yeah. So I think maybe a clear takeaway from this that I can start doing is recording some of these small lessons that I'm learning, whether they're little code blocks or little snippets or whatever, but like detailing these learnings and just putting them out there. Because I feel like every day I'm learning something new or realizing a mistake I made and how to improve it. Big time. Yeah, so... I mean, I, I definitely, I keep a log of everything I do all day long. So it's, it's really just a question of changing that habit and turning it into a tweeting habit instead. Mm-hmm. But I, I still got to get over that mental block of what, what I want to get out of it. Like, so that's the question. What do you want to get out of it? Because I know what I want to get out of it. What do you want to get out of Twitter? Yeah, like I want, I want to meet people. Like I, because that's the, my biggest problem with being an indie hacker is it feels very lonely. Mm-hmm. Like my wife is a little fed up of hearing about sure. my, <laughs> the, the, the same problems that I encounter yeah. all the time. Unbelievable. <laughs> so like, yeah, it feels lonely, right? Like, it feels like, I, I, you know, I want to talk to people that are doing the same thing as me. And so that's what I want to get out of it. But, but at the same time, I also want to have, you know, a soapbox that I can stand on sure. when I, when I need to. So, so I want to have a following. I want to be able to, I mean, for, for example, like you're talking at Laraconf, like, is there like, are you, are you like trying to use Twitter to tell people about that? Or like, how do you, what do you do when you want to, you want to spread a message? Yeah. So I am. 
So, so part of, part of my strategy is like, we're building a Laravel tool, me and my two partners, we're building a tool for Laravel. Um, part of our strategy a year or two ago was that I would try to do some of the developer relations, developer advocacy, advocacy stuff in the Laravel world. And back then it was like, okay, well, you're going to have to get, become more well-known in the Laravel world. And so I set out to do that on purpose, which is why we're here now. And when I want to get a message out, let's say, um, it's, it's a longitudinal thing. So it's not just a tweet, right? It's I'm sharing every time I pick up the project, I'm trying to share a piece about it on Twitter, right? So it's not, um, you know, a launch tweet, which can happen and probably will happen, but it's tweets over 10, 12, 16 weeks about, oh, I did this on my product today and I, oh, look at this new feature we added and, oh man, this was a huge mistake and I just pulled this out and that kind of stuff. And again, people love to be a part of the journey. And so as I'm sharing these screenshots about things that went well or things that went hysterically wrong, people are like, oh yeah, I remember that he's working on that. I remember that thing. And it's gotten to the point now where people are reaching out to me being like, hey, that thing you're sharing, can I use it? Like, is it available? I'm like, yeah, let's go. And so in terms of using it as a soapbox, it all like it it all overlaps. The the sharing in public and the building as marketing and all of that kind of overlaps with making friends and being vulnerable. All of that just works together in the way that like I have kind of a universe. I've got, you know, these products and this product and my open source stuff and just who I am as a person. And I'm just trying to bring people into my universe and like bring them along for the journey as I'm building things. And so in terms of, um, let's just be crass in terms of getting people on Twitter to pay me for things like it's, it's the same deal. I just share what I'm working on. And from time to time, I'll say like, Hey, I just opened the early access list for this thing I've been talking about for a long time. Like if you want to go sign up, go sign up. And that moves the needle for sure. But what moves the needle more is the fact that I continue to talk about that for the next three, four, six, ten months, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So does that answer like the, the soapbox question? Well, yeah, sort of. I mean, I understand now because there's so much volume, there's so many tweets like you, what that tweet where you say hey, you can sign up for the early access, it gets, you know, it, it drowns in all the other tweets. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you're talking about the project the whole time means that it's, it's fresh in people's minds. Yeah. So totally. I understand. But that link, like for the early adopters, like, do you tweet it multiple times? Do you retweet it? Do you? Um, so. Specifically for this project, I've tweeted it a couple times and it's always accompanied a like a progress update. So I'll say like, hey, I just finished Refine, which is the name of our product and Nova, which is a Laravel product. I've just finished the Refine Nova integration. Here's some screenshots, you know, tweet, tweet, tweet. Then at the, the last tweet, I'll put, if you want to sign up for the early access list, here it is. Would love to get you in early in the next couple of weeks, that kind of thing. So it comes, it is subordinate to sharing progress, but it is a great CTA at the bottom of like uh, a thread, but not like a thread emoji. Just like, I I don't do those. What I do is here are a bunch of pictures. Like, look how cool this is. Not, you know, 10 things I learned. And then at the bottom, it's, if you want, sign up for the early access here. Okay. And I could I could sell a lot harder, but I just don't I don't want to do that. That's not my style. No, it's just but there's sometimes there's things you want to you want to be louder than other things. Yeah, right? for sure. Like I I just released a new feature. I want all my customers to know about it. I mean I, I should I should be emailing my customers. Totally. But. Yep. <laughs> yep. But uh, I haven't got to that yet. <laughs> but you know, I figured Twitter's is an easy way to to announce the new feature. Yeah, anytime you finish something cool or you're in the uh, you're in the middle of something cool, it's a great time to start tweeting about it. Like 
even if you're at the beginning of something cool and you've got the hello world version of the thing that you think is going to be cool and you're excited about it, share it. Use your excitement as a, a bellwether for whether you should be tweeting about it. Yeah, you like that one too. Uh, man, you're, you're full. I, I'm gonna have. I'm gonna come out of this conversation with multiple tattoos. <laughs> well, it's great because like it comes through, and that's part of why I'm against personally. I'm against um, buffering or, or, or scheduling things, mm-hmm. is because it comes through when you're excited about something, versus when you buffer it to be shared a week and a half later, and it fits into your content calendar wherever it fits in and you mentally have already moved on and so you're not amped about it, right? If you share something that you're amped about, 10 minutes later, you're going to come back and reply to that same tweet and share something else because you're so amped. And then a day and a half later, you're going to quote tweet yourself with, oh my gosh, it actually works now. Look at this. And like, it's just going to, you're going to be vibing out there on Twitter versus, all right, well, it looks like the next open spot is, you know, next Monday at 10 a.m. It's like... (laughs) I'm so bored just thinking about that. Like, I want to be vibing with people while I'm vibing, you know? I don't want to be, like, sharing it when I've moved on and people get back to me and I'm like, oh, yeah, actually, that didn't work. (laughs) Like, that sucks. What a letdown. I totally agree. Because, man, like, I'm I'm really, I'm, I'm thinking about this and how it applies to you, Mark, because, like, I don't know, you, you have so much momentum, like, just thinking about you specifically, like you have a killer product that people really enjoy. It solves a major pain point. And it's like this idea of vibing, like how can you pick up on the vibes of other people? It's like, oh my God, Power Importer just fucking saved me. Like, it's like, how can we like, all right, how can we take that vibe and cast it out for the rest of the people to to hear? How can we put them on blast? Because that's, you're you're totally right Aaron like it, it it's such an opportunity to take that energy and just like throw it out there for people to see yeah and and this is all the opposite of what everyone in my circles is telling me to do right to use buffer and to mm. to use this tool for for ideas and and I I I try it and it just feels phony and I just don't want to do it soul crushing <laughs> yeah exactly it's like I this is why I hate marketing I don't want to do this stuff and, Yep. So does do you feel like sharing a win like this is phony? What do you mean? Well, like, like I, I guess I'm I'm thinking like I I I just love the word vibe. Like when you have that vibe and you have that energy and you're like I just shipped this thing was really hard and it's really cool. Like like the bi-directional sync. Like that's killer. When you ship that, you're like fuck yeah, like it works. It, I got it. It's like, do you feel, would you feel phony sharing something like that? Like the fact that you just shipped this really hard thing? Uh, no, not at all. No. But I think, I think I did tweet it, but it just, it fell on deaf ears and, and then it was, it was over. I should have been, you know, tweeting the whole time about it. Because of context. It. Yes. No one had yeah. any context. You, you shipped this, you landed a rocket on the moon, but nobody knew that you ever had a rocket headed to the moon. And so you tweeted like, Oh, I just did this amazing thing. And everybody's like, who's this guy? What's he talking about? Right. Where if you'd been talking about the, the, like the woes of bi-directional sinking for weeks and how you were, you know, just chipping away at it. And then you landed it. People would be like, hell yeah, you got there. Like you did it. I've been part of this and you did it. And so the the whole context is missing and it's hard to like, you have to just tweet a lot to give people context because, you know, Mm -hmm. most people miss 90% of the tweets. (laughs) So you just got to hit them a lot. That's what I'm realizing is that this, I'm using this channel all wrong. Like I I, I see it as you need to get an audience and then you stand on the soapbox and you announce your, your news like, Oh, I have this new feature. And then you, go back to work <laughs> and no. then come back a week later. I have this, this is a second new feature. Yeah. That's an email list. I think. Exactly. Exactly. If you sent I me should... 30 emails in a day, we would have words. <laughs> if you tweet 30 <laughs> times a day, I'm not going to notice. I'm going to be like, Oh yeah. Mark tweeted three times today. Oh no. Yeah, he tweeted exactly. 30 times. I just didn't see them all. Exactly. You'll only see three of them. And yeah. Okay. No, this is great. <laughs> 
I have one one other question. Yeah. Like, do, do you, what do you do for like Hammerstone's Twitter account? Or it doesn't exist. Other, it doesn't? It doesn't exist. No. Um, okay. <clears throat> so Hammerstone is the name of our company. It doesn't exist. So I have a Twitter. Sean has one. Colleen has one. Um, all personal. And I don't have quite as well formed thoughts on this as I have on other things. My nascent thoughts are um, it it's not congruent with the way that I use Twitter. So if I were to try to use Twitter as a brand, all of my rules wouldn't apply because I'm not an individual anymore. And who cares? Like, who cares if the Hammerstone account is in the replies, like saying way to go because it's like, it's transparently a brand account trying to gain brand traction. Right. So I wouldn't know how to use Twitter as a brand. Um, For Hammerstone, the brand is me, Sean and Colleen. And so that doesn't work for, uh, that doesn't work for American airlines but it works for us. And so you have to imagine that it's a spectrum between us and American airlines and it's kind of gray in the middle at what size does it work at what size does it not work. And it also depends on, um, it depends on your personality and your goals. Like I know people, I know people that are way, way, way successful and have zero interest in being the public face of their brand, right? They just want to be a nameless, faceless brand that, provides a product and makes a ton of money. And that's, that's great. Like if you can, if you can do that, that's amazing. Um, I don't know that I could do that and I don't really want to. And so for me, I use it as personal and we don't have a brand account cause I don't know what we would do with it. I just, okay. why would they follow it if they follow me? Cause I'm always tweeting about Hammerstone stuff and other cool Laravel stuff. So yeah, I don't have, it sounds like I have strong opinions. I have strong opinions on that for me. I don't really, I don't really, I know like, for example, the Fathom Analytics team, they've got a brand account and it does really well. Tailwind, uh, they have a brand account. And I think Adam is trying to move away from being the face of Tailwind and wants Tailwind to be the face of Tailwind. And so that's great. I, lo- I love that for them, but it just doesn't work for us. I agree. Like, I don't see how I'm having a hard time making it work. I mean, I'm also having a hard time <laughs> making my personal <laughs> account work. Yeah. <laughs> but now I, I have a better vision of what, what I need to do. But for the brand account, it's like, I, I guess I, like what I did is I, I just revamped it to look like a personal account. Mm-hmm. And my idea was that I'm, whatever I'm doing for the personal account, I'll do with this one too, but for a different audience. Yeah. Because I'm thinking, well, maybe my Hindi Acura audience doesn't really care about seeing like webflow designers like sites. Uh, but yeah, that's legit. Like if you're if you have two separate distinct audiences, like I can see from the brand account still tweeting as a person, but primarily focused on cool webflow stuff versus indie hacker stuff. Right. I I would argue. I think I would argue. I would argue that there's enough overlap there um, that it makes sense to not try to do two things at once and just tweet as a whole person. And part of your part of your guidelines or whatever, instead of you know just Laravel, your guidelines are like Webflow and indie hacking. And you put it in your bio. I talk about Webflow and indie hacking. So when people come, speaking of tactics, when people come to your bio, they see I tweet about Webflow and I tweet about indie hacking. And if they identify with those, they're way more likely to follow you than if they come to your bio and you're like, you have some quote from some philosopher and they're like, I don't know who this guy is. I don't know what your bio is. Hopefully not that. Um, but they're like, I don't know who this guy is. I'm not going to spend too long trying to figure it out. I have a very clear brand message on my Twitter profile. And it's, I tweet about Laravel building products and SQL. I'm dad to twins and I don't do thought threads and I don't do memes. Like that's what my profile says. So you get an idea of who I am. Like if you see me in the replies somewhere and you click on 
my face, you get an idea of who I am in a second. And then you can scroll the feed and see if that is true. Like if what I said in my profile is true, and if it is true, then I've cemented the promise that I made in my profile. I've cemented it. And they're like, oh yeah, I like Laravel and building products. I don't care so much about SQL, but I like Laravel and building products. I'll follow him. And I'm glad he doesn't do thought threads and memes because I don't want those. And if somebody wants those, great. They can go somewhere else. So, yeah. So I would I would say Webflow and indie hacking, like, yeah, hell yeah, cross those over. Build build one set of people instead of trying to slog away at two. No, you're right. I mean, if I'm going to tweet 30 times a day, <laughs> it's better than 60 times a day. Yeah. And a lot of those are replies to you know, friends on Twitter. And so if you, if you look, I'm in replies goofing around. And so like talking about the meaty part of the bell curve, it starts to, I start to get into the standard deviations out here a little bit in replies where I'm just kind of like dorking around with some people that I know on Twitter. And it's less like Laravel, Laravel, Laravel. It's more making jokes and having fun and just like hanging out. And I, I do most of that in replies and it's always Super fun. Um, right. So, yeah. I'm sold. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> For real? Or are you just telling me that? No, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm serious. <laughs> okay. That's great. Because yeah. like I said, I, I deal, all the advice I was getting, was I just, it, it rubbed me the wrong way and I yep. just couldn't do it. So, I just, I do nothing instead. Yep. But I, I will solidly give this a try. Okay, Matthew, are you sold? Yeah, I am. I, I think I'm still coping with fear a little bit. Mm-hmm. That's, well, not a little bit. I mean, I'm, I'm terrified of most things. So, you know, I'm still coping with fear. But I think coming at it from the idea of, re- of I wasn't asking the question of, is what I'm doing cool? Because I'm actually working on a ton of cool shit, like a ton. And it's going to be cool to somebody. Like if I think it's cool, then like at least it's got to be cool to at least one other person. So yes. why not formulate it that way? Yes. So on just one final thought personally on, on the fear thing, I got to the point if there are, um, if there, if there are competing notions on, on one side, it's fear of, I don't want to share um, anything cause I don't want to be, embarrassed, which is real, 100% real for me. And it sounds like that's what you're saying as well. Mm -hmm. That stands on one side. On the other side is, um, man, I don't know if you'd call it, um, regret or, or missed opportunity or what, but on the other side of the sphere is the idea that I could have been doing it all along, but I was too afraid to do it. And I, and so I never did. And then I look back and I regret having never done it. Mm. And that applies, that applies to a lot of things. Like, um, yeah, I don't have the emotional bandwidth to get into it, but that applies, <laughs> that, that, that applies to a lot of things, right? Like, <clears throat> are you, which one is stronger? The fear of messing it up or the, the potential regret of looking back later and saying you never tried? Like, whoa. <laughs> like, you have to consider that because that... I'll, 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 I'm saying you, I'm, but, I'm, but I mean me. Yeah. You have to consider that because that's, what, that's the trade-off you're making. You're saying it's more important... The fear is more important and I don't want to let myself be embarrassed. That's more important than looking back one day and regretting having missed out on all these opportunities. And I, at one point I just decided, okay, the fear loses now. Like I'm more frustrated with myself for not doing it than I am afraid of doing it. Hmm. And everybody's like, everybody's trade-off and everybody's balance is different. Um, but you just have to make that a rational, like you have to name it. You, you, you have to like be honest with yourself. That's what I'm doing. And if you come to the conclusion that that's okay, that's okay. That's 100% okay. But you can't not interrogate the other side of, of the fear equation. You have to look at the other side and say, is this worth it? Like, no, I, for me, no. Yeah. 
It's not. If people on, on the internet make fun of me, that's okay. Like they, they don't have any control over me. So that would be, that would be my, my parting thought on, on the fear. And frankly, if you decide to, to not worry about that, those, that's great stuff to tweet about. Like Mark, you were talking about how you're lonely and want, you know, in the indie hacker space, you're lonely and you want to connect with people. Okay. We'll start, start talking about that. Like start tweeting about that. And you know who else is lonely? Everyone. (laughs) 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 Like, come on. You're, you're not, everyone else doesn't have it figured out. Everyone else is feeling the exact same way that you're feeling. And everyone else wishes they were brave enough to say something about it. And so the moment that somebody is brave enough to say something about it, it's like, yeah, they freaking rule. I love that guy. And it's just everyone and everyone feels the same way. They're just too afraid. Just like, just like the three of us. <laughs> right. Like, nobody's different. <laughs> Everybody's afraid of being embarrassed. It's just some people have determined that it's not worth it anymore. So. Yeah. I thank you for saying that it's you, you put it beautifully because I, I think where I am right now, I'm just obsessed with the feeling of fear. I'm not dealing with the other side. And I think when I left my full-time job to start for myself, that was an outcome that was greater than the fear. I just, I, I needed to do something else. And at this point, it's like, I, I, I guess the, I never hit bottom. Or I, with Twitter, I have not hit bottom of saying yep. like, no, the fear is not enough to prevent me from doing this. Well, maybe yep. like either way, like, yeah, it, I think like if anything comes out of this conversation, I got a lot out of it, but I think the a big one is I'm not asking that question. I was just allowing that feeling to exist and I wasn't, I didn't realize that there was a trade-off. I was too busy with the feeling and not realizing that there was an, there was another side to the scale. Yeah. Sick. Aaron, like, Ben. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, <laughs> thank you so dope. much. <laughs> no, like, you, you, you thought we were just talking about Twitter, but man, we got there, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do I do I pay you for this? Like seriously, yeah. no, I'm, I'm not a licensed counselor, so that would be illegal. Okay, I, ha- I have health benefits. We can figure that out. Yeah. So thanks a lot, Aaron. That was amazing. Yeah. This was really good. I learned a lot, and I I have some real actionable stuff. So and I'll put a bunch of stuff links to everything and in the show notes and everything. But uh, do you want to plug your stuff? Like tell people what you're up to. Where can we get at you? Sure. Um, so I hang out on an app called Twitter. I don't know if you guys have heard about it. Um, I am Aaron D. Francis on Twitter. Um, that's where I am most of the time. Um, all of the stuff that I mentioned about like me and my partners, that's at a place called Hammerstone. So hammerstone.dev. Um, and that's where you can find that stuff. And then um, I'll be giving a Laracon talk in exactly one week on February 9th. Um, and it's going to be this year for the first time ever. They're doing it free, which is amazing. So it'll be on YouTube on February 9th. And I think I have the 11 a.m. slot. So if you're into Laravel stuff, come hang out. We'll be talking about some cool stuff, but mostly on Twitter. And you know what you're getting when you follow me. So <laughs> come find me on Twitter. <laughs> Sick. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. This was a blast. Awesome.